So um, we're going to go to uh, the topic of this sermon is accepted in heaven and rejected on earth. And, uh, you know, right now there's a lot of people that are having a feeling of retreating. Um, I'm, I'm getting it from a lot of people. Um, a lot of people <laughs> are having a feeling of retreating, of escaping, uh, running away. Um, a lot of people are, you know, are saying that, you know, they just don't feel like going on anymore. They feel like giving up. And these are all, you know, common things that we can face. And, you know, the thing is we can put our focus too much on the world and our circumstances and we can get our eyes taken off of God. And, you know, we can look at the world and everything going on and we can start to lose hope. And this is why I often encourage to retreat back with God. Not retreat into the world, but retreat with God. And the thing is, if we aren't retreating with God, then we can be overcome by our feelings, our emotions. you mind fixing that, please? Thank you. And, you know, the, the thing is, right now, what we have, those making the most noise, as I said long ago, will be silent later. And I'm not saying, uh, you know, we don't raise our voice for God's name. But those drawing the biggest crowds are not always of God. It never was. Um, only Yeshua was able to do that. But how many went to the cross with him? You see what I'm saying? You know, many went to the, followed him everywhere he went for the healings, the miracles, the feedings, the water, the things that he could give them. But how many went to the cross with him? You see, those making the most noise now will be silent later. And we know that. Um, in the days ahead, we're going to see that states, for example, like California, Texas, Florida, all these states, people be rushing out of. And why do I say that? Well, it's just, you know, what God has shown me. Uh, you know, Texas and Florida is a state that is very close to going blue. Um, we can try to find comfort and security in trying to run. But he says when we disobey his commandments, disobey his word, He's like, he says, it's enemies will chase you. When we don't obey his word, his enemies will chase us and we'll flee when nobody's pursuing us. We will not have the power and the strength to overcome our enemies. These states eventually go blue. I said it years ago that California to be a, you could say a mass exodus. This year, over 600,000 people alone have moved out of that state and they're retreating the conservative states. And the thing is that we can say, we can try to find comfort in these states because right now there's a politicians that are pushing things that are appeasing to what we believe in. But the thing is the enemies are going to come against us eventually and overtake us if we don't return to him with our heart, soul, and mind. The revivals on the street is not exactly the revivals that God is intending. It doesn't mean he's there. Most of it, again, is the famous and the rich that are gathering the multitudes but we don't have to lose hope. We got to be encouraged that we got to keep our eyes looking up. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, immersing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Rock HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, teaching them, look what he says, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. This is what we're not doing today. We're not teaching people as a whole to endure until the end. We might be going trying to make disciples or converts. We may be immersing them with, you know, a lot of baptisms. 
But it's just a bath if we're not truly changed from within. He says to teach them all that I, and to observe all that I commanded you. That's from past to present, beginning to end. And remember, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. We have to remember this. In John 5, 24, he says, amen, amen. I tell you, whoever hears my word and trusts the one who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed over from death into life. You see, if we have, we don't have to live a life of feeling like we're condemned, feeling like we're being judged by God. It's, if we're living a life of sin, then we have, to, we have everything to come under judgment. And our conscience will bear witness by the Spirit that will tell us we are in sin. But one who truly believes in the word and trusts in it, the one who is sent, we have eternal life. And we have passed from the death and the sting of death into eternal life. In Luke 10, 16, he says, the one who listens to you hears me. And the one who rejects you rejects me. So if the world rejects you, if, you know, even other believers, right? They're rejecting God. And the one who rejects me rejects the one who sent me. So they're rejecting Yeshua, Jesus. Look what he says, John 8, 47. He says, he who belongs to God hears the word of God. The reason you don't hear is because you do not belong to me. That's what he said to the Pharisees. So if people are not hearing the word that we're speaking, that is truly the words of life, the bread of life, the living water, he's saying right here, the reason you don't hear is because you do not belong to God and the world cannot understand the things of the spirit. But the multitudes understand the things that the world is speaking. The majority of the, what the pastors are speaking today, I can't say all, oh, there's some great ones out there, but the majority of what they're speaking is appeasing to the flesh. So when the hard times come, they're not going to know what to do. Because they never belong to God. Or maybe they did at one point. But what seeds? There's three or four seeds in Matthew 13 that, that fell away. But one remained. He says, John 15, 18 through 20. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. They would love you. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember, the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecute in me, they'll also persecute you. If they kept my word, they'll also keep yours. Look what he's saying. The, the reality is this. That the majority professing to know God, why are not many hated today? <laughs> Everybody loved the Pharisees too. And they loved those of the pagan nations, those in surrounding that were not obeying his commandments. But whatever, that's why they loved Moab. Why? Because they had a sacrifice of their own. It was a replica of what they're doing in Israel. They had the same system instituted. It looked similar, but it was very, it was blasphemous to God's word. It was more appeasing to your flesh. What seemed right, deemed right, looks right, feels right. Whatever suits your boat and your lifestyle. 
That's what they're keeping. That's why they love them. But when Yeshua came along, what, you know, what some people are wanting to be free, the meek, the humble, the sick, the desperate, the blind. These people are seeking a better promise. And so is it those in this world right now that will truly see the words of eternal life. Those that could not see were the ones that came for the miracles but didn't remain. We can come for the miracles and want the things. That's what's, what I'm seeing today. We're cast, it looks like they're casting out demons, maybe. Or I don't know. Um, and we're healing. Then there's people convulsing on the ground, speaking in tongues. Doesn't always mean it's of God. He says, go and make disciples. What are we not doing? If people are not willing to listen to sound teaching and instruction, they, don't, they are not willing to hear the true word of God. Whoever hears my word and trusts the one who sent me has eternal life. You see? Look what he says in Psalm 53.3. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and he did not esteem him. Look what he's saying. This is Yeshua right here. And look what's going on. People did not esteem him. He was despised. He was rejected. Acquainted with grief. People hid their faces from him. He was not uh, dressed up in luxury. He did not look appealing to people. He was not attractive. The word says it. Even Josephus was a man that described who, what he looked like. He was not attractive whatsoever. Likewise, David wasn't. Psalm 94, 14, look what he says. For out and I will not forsake his people. He will never abandon his inheritance. So those who are truly of his inheritance, he will never abandon. Look at John 10, 1 through 6. Amen, I tell you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, is a thief and a robber. But he who enters through the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. The shepherds calls his own sheep by his name and leads them out. When he has brought out all he owns, all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Look at that. So why is everybody being tossed into all over? I've seen people everywhere running to different pastors, different doctors, different beliefs, different teachers, but where's those truly teaching the word? And you wonder why you don't have rest, why you're restless because you're running all over the place. He said in Daniel that he run to and from, gaining and seeking knowledge, but never come to the knowledge of the truth. And those without the truth, as 2 Thessalonians 2 says, would be deceived. <laughs> the man of lawlessness. It's not just... Physically, lawlessness is lawlessness in your heart. It's drifting away from God. Look what he's saying. Never follow a stranger, but will run away from him. For they do not know the voice of the strangers. Look at that. Why does everybody know? You should have told them this parable. But they did not understand what he was telling them. Today, we're hearing what people are speaking. We're like, I understand this parable. Maybe we went to gotquestions.org. <laughs> and we had to ask another man. 
If you have to another, ask another man for the answers, you already know the answers. And if you have to ask a man for the answers, what's in the word? It's because we're not, we're not trusting God to tell us, to show us, to reveal it. If, if I were to give you every single word, it doesn't matter. It's, it's not going to change you. God has to go, only can reveal it. That's why he's, Yeshua told him, bless you because the Father above has showed you this. We can read the word. There's Bible studies. People are having Bible studies. Let's have a Bible study about Proverbs or Exodus or Leviticus. It's not going to help you if your heart is not seeking God. You can think you're seeking God because I'm gaining knowledge. I'm studying this. Doesn't mean you know him. Your heart has to be sincere and pure. Slow down. Why are we rushing to read the Bible in a year? Though trees are out ready in and out of season. They do not worry. They're not rushing to and from unless a man uproots them. But a tree is sitting there waiting and they're listening to God's voice. Be patient. Why is the rush? Look at this. Psalm 23, 1 through 6. Adonai is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of Adonai forever. When David was writing that, he's walking through the valley the valley right by Jerusalem. He was walking through the valley, getting home, walking through there. And that's where they were burning bodies. They were burning trash. They were sacrificing babies through the fire. He's saying he's walking through there. There was always a shadow that overcame in Jerusalem. It over, always cast it upon that area. So it was always gloomy, kind of dark. So look what he says. You have prepared me a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He will never worry because he has anointed my head. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of Adonai forever. Look, he says, Adonai, you're my shepherd. What does he say right back here in John 10? He does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way is a thief and a robber. But he who enters through the door is a shepherd of the, sh of the sheep. Look at that. We got to go where he leads us. He guides me in path, his path for righteousness in his name's sake. Leads me beside still waters. He's not worried, no matter what. Let's go to Jeremiah 7, 23 and 29. 23. But I explicitly commanded them. And this is where it's going to go in a different route here. Obey my voice and I'll be your God to you and you'll be my people. Walk in all the ways that I commanded you that it may go well with you. But they did not listen or pay attention. Instead, they followed their own counsel and the stubbornness of their evil heart. They have gone backwards and not forward. From the day your fathers left the land of Egypt until today, although I sent to you, 
all my servants, the prophets, daily and persistently. They did not listen to me or pay attention. Rather, they stiffened their necks, doing more evil than their fathers. When you tell them all these things, they will not listen to you. What he says, those that hear my word, they know me. If they accept you, that's what he says, you accept the words of a prophet or a righteous man, you'll receive the same reward. What do you think he's saying? Eternal life, the peace and joy, the rest. The rest from obeying the shepherd's voice. He says, this nation has not obeyed the voice of Adonai their God or received correction. Truth has perished and is cut off from their mouth. Cut off your hair and throw it away and take up a lamentation on the barren hills for Adonai has spurned and cast off the generation of his wrath. Look what he's saying. Let's go to Isaiah 30, 8 through 11, and I'm going to do 15 through 16. Look what he says. Now go write it on the tablet for them and inscribe it in a scroll so that it may be as a witness for the last day forever. For this are rebellious people, lying children. Guys, I'm going to say this. There's two books. There's the Lamb's Book of Life, and there's another book. Which one is he going to open? You don't want him to open the book of your life, your deeds. It, 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 our deeds are disgusting. We want to see our books inscribed in the Lamb's Book of Life. Why do you think Yeshua is likely writing in the dirt, the dust? It's in Isaiah. I don't know. Maybe I, I'm not saying that's exactly what he's writing, but he's basically saying your name will be forgotten. He inscribes you in the dust. It will be blown away. Because they did not have mercy. That woman had committed adultery. He said, told her, go, never sin again. No more. Or worse things will happen, right? But they were sitting there plotting with this woman. They're probably sitting there watching her. Do you think it's just as guilty? <laughs> Today, there's many plotting against the people of God to wait for your downfall. Then when they see you, they're like, aha, let's go trap them. And look what they did. Brought the woman before Yeshua and tested him. But guess what? There was no man there. In the Torah, there had to be a man there. If she committed adultery, there had to be a man there too. There had to be two and three witnesses. Where were they? They're convicted. That's why they dropped the stones. Those, those with you without sin, cast the first stone. They dropped and left. But then they plotted later. For this are rebellious people, lying children, children unwilling to obey the Torah of Adonai, the law of God. They say to the seers, do not see. And to the prophets, do not prophesy to us what is right. Speak to us smooth words, prophecy illusions. Get out of the way. What do you think these illusions are? Anything that fits, suits our lifestyle, passions, desires. It tickles, itches our ears. That's what Paul said. Time would come they did not endorse sound doctrine, but give over to whatever itches their ears. That's whatever's pleasing. Pleasant. In the Greek, that's pleasant. Prophecy illusions. They want false prophecies. That's why anybody that's saying they're a prophet, apostle, they're all these different things, watch out. These are terms that should not be used. There, never did a prophet go up and say, I'm a prophet. There's many prophets saying, oh, the coronavirus would go away, right? You know, it didn't go away. It's still here. <laughs> the wind of God. 
Okay, all right. We won't go there. Guys, I'm not speaking about anybody in particular. I'm talking about the character, the character of these people. I'm not condemning their name. I'm talking about the character of these souls, these people. It's not the character of God. Look at verse 11. Get out of the way, for thus says Adonai Elohim, the Holy One of Israel, by repentance and rest you are saved. See that? By repentance and rest. And quietness and trust is your strength. Quietness and trust. But you are not willing. Look what he's saying. But you said, no, we will flee on horses. Therefore, you'll flee. And we will ride on swift horses. Therefore, your pursuers will be swift. Now, going back, what I said from the beginning. People are going to run to these conservative states, but it's not going to save you. They're going to hate what I'm saying. I get it. But it's not going to save you. There's nowhere we're going to hide, but you've got to go where God tells you to go, regardless of where that's at. No matter which state, no matter which country. Don't let nobody tell you otherwise. Go where God tells you, but don't be sitting there hugging your house saying, I can't let this go. I warned people a couple years ago, don't buy a house. They're buying a house. Don't get in a new car. Don't get into debt. They're buying new cars and getting into debt. This is, this is why I'm saying that things are going to get really hard. This is just the beginning. Year after year, things are going to continually progress. Don't think 2024 is going to be any better. I'm not saying it's going to go blue then, but don't be surprised if it does. These states almost lost. And they'll say, whoa, they were rigged. Okay. He said you would go after myths. Okay, maybe some were. But people are going to go so much into a political movement that they take their eyes off God. And those that say it in the voice of God, just because they proclaim it and they think, oh, God is there. Amen. And it's trending across social media and all across the internet. We praise politicians. We praise people because they look like they're fighting for us. <laughs> Not many want to hear this. And again, they're going to gather around whatever is popular because they have a hope. Everybody wants to hope that these people will save us, that a human will deliver us from the things to come. But what we're not doing, and why do you think revelation is a prophecy? Because we are not returning. Quietness and rest, we're not doing it. We're trying to gain more, strive for more, achieve for more. Chasing after when? People are out there protesting for, against masks. It wasn't even about masks. It's not even about the SHOT. They're fighting because they want money. Well, guess what? I seen something pop up recently. Immigrants, illegal immigrants. What was it? 450000 to a million dollars per family? What do you think they're doing with your money? That's coming out of your money. What he said, what he saying in Deuteronomy and Leviticus, he will take what you earn for and be given to other people. He even said it in there, a man, when you build a house and a man, another man would be in that house. What do you think that means? Because you're unfaithful, you're looking at poor and chasing after money, you're chasing after the things of this life. Lawlessness would abound. Divorce. Now we have women today that are leaving the home. Going is go, 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 getting right away with another man, taking the kids, and boom, 
child support and alimony. Even while they're living with the other man. God's saying we're legalizing everything lawless and we're fighting over money and jobs. Why don't you walk out of here, Jaws? Maybe you'll see more. Brother, I just don't like what you're speaking. Would you rather me speak it or lie to you? <laughs> Jeremiah 2.13, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me to spring a living water, and they have dug their own cisterns. Cisterns are huge wells, like huge, giant, that held waters. And some, sometimes in the kings, they would put bodies down there and just bury it because there would be so many from the war. Um, Crack cisterns that hold no water so they leak back into the earth. Look at Jeremiah 5, 11 through 17. Look what he says. For the house of Israel and the house of Judah, again, the eyes, that's all of us, have been utterly unfaithful to me. It is a declaration of Adonai. They have lied about Adonai, saying, not he, no harm will come upon it to, come to us. Nor will we see sword or famine. The prophets are but wind, and the word is not in them. Let what they say be done to them. They're saying, let what they're saying be done to the prophets. Therefore, thus says Adonai, Elohai Zavayot, because you speak this word, behold, I will make my words in your mouth fire. And this people would, and it will devour them. See, I am bringing a nation against you from afar, O house of Israel. It is a declaration of Adonai, it is an enduring nation, an ancient nation, a nation whose language you neither know nor understand what they say. Their quiver is an open grave, their warriors all mighty warriors. They will devour your harvest and your food. They will devour your sons and your daughters, they will devour your flocks and herds. They will devour your vines and your fig trees. They will demolish your fortified cities, the ones in which you trust with the sword. The very nations and the things that we're trusting in are the ones that will be devoured. Guys, I'm not promising any of us that believers will not die the same death Yeshua did, but it will be a death according to persecution. Maybe we'll die by old age. I don't know. Maybe we'll die by something else. I don't know. Health issues. It could be. Car crash. We don't know. We don't know anything. It can happen like that. But we're planning so much for the future that we're not. This is the thing. The people out there today, the pastors and the rabbis, look what they're doing. Passing the offering plates or telling you, come drop your, your, come up to the front and drop your little envelopes in a bucket. They have little boxes in the back. Come donate to me. I'm not asking anybody to donate. I've never, I, don't, I don't have to. You're not required to. You don't have to. God will convict everybody whether, what to do, what to do, you know? And the problem is most people are trying to gain money. The Most of the people in the leadership are gaining money. They're like, here, give to me. They're asking people for all the money, sending out newsletters, sending out mails in your, in your mailboxes, letters, asking for money. <laughs> and we're listening to this. The thing is most people are not willing to give up this life. The thing that the sword is coming against, the thing that the God is sending the enemies to devour is the very things we're holding on to. He'll devour your harvest and your food, your sons and daughters. What do you think? Morality. 
That's why we have transgenders in our, our, our libraries, our schools. That's why the schools are ruining our kids. And we're like, well, I'll, go, I'll homeschool. I'll be all right. They're going to come against that eventually, unless we return. I'm telling you, one thing after another, it's going to wear you the saints out. So we're going to keep fighting, guys. I'm not telling you to stop fighting for God. Stand up for what is right. But God will hear us when we start returning as a multitude. Stop trying to do our own thing over here and over there and separate from everybody. And until the pastor starts teaching and saying, these things are dung. Stop bringing sports in the church. Stop bringing all these worldly activities and games and entertainment in the church. He's not going to be with us. It's going to be like the same people that come and sit there, amen, I believe. And next thing you know, two to three years, they're falling away. What do you think that's back? That's back in the Torah. They'll bear fruit. Three to four years, that's why you don't eat the raisins in that time. Why? Because they're not fruitful yet. you got to wait for the trees to be fruitful. you got to wait. Even Yeshua said it. Let's go to Psalm uh, 41. Two. Blessed is the one who considers the wretch. Adonai will deliver him in the evil day. Adonai will protect him and keep him alive. He will be made blessed in the land. You will not give him over to the desire of his foes. Adonai will strengthen him on his sickbed. Even when you're sick, guys. May you restore him completely from his bed. I said, Adonai, have mercy on me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. Look, the humility. My enemies speak evil about me. When will he die and his name perish? And if someone of them comes to see me, he speaks falsely. He stores up evil in his heart, and he goes out and chatters. Guys, when you're talking behind people's back negatively, be careful. The problem, and guys, is some of you on social media, I'm going to say this. If you're going in people's DMs and, and talking behind people's backs, you're in trouble. Unfortunately, we're, we're rebuking gathering together with people. Instead of going face-to-face and talking and working things out, we're going to our people, did you hear about this? Why don't you go to them and tell them first? We all got to be careful, and we wonder why God is not with us, why we're tossing and turning. He says he'll be with us if we obey his commandments. And he says you cannot slander, you cannot gossip about these things. All who hate me whisper together about me. They imagine the worst about me. Something evil was poured into him. He will not get up again from the place where he lies when one is sick. Boom. Even my close friend whom I trusted, who ate my bread, he has lifted up his heel against me. (laughs) But you, Adonai, have mercy on me and raise me up so I may repay them. (laughs) He's human, guys. By this I know that you delight in me, that my enemy does not shout and triumph over me. You uphold me in my integrity and set me before your face forever. Blessed be Adonai, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, amen and amen. Look what he says right here in Psalm 19. Look what he says. Psalm 19, 137. Look what he says.
Righteous are you, Adonai, for your judgments are upright. You have commanded righteousness. Your testimonies in great faithfulness. My zeal has consumed me because my foes forgot your words. Your word is thoroughly refined, and your servant loves it. I'm significantly despised and despised, insignificant and despised. Look, guys, if you feel significant, guys, you're going to go through this. Everybody's going to go through it. And if you're not, I don't know what's going on in your life. Yet I have not forgotten your precepts. Look what he says. Even though I'm despised, I'm rejected. I have not forgotten your precepts. Look at that. Your justice is righteousness forever, and your Torah is truth. Trouble and anguish have overtaken me. Yet your mitzvot are my delight. His commandments, his ways. Your testimonies are righteous forever. Make me understand so I may live. I cry out with all my heart. Answer me, Adonai, I will keep your decrees. I cried out to you, save me, and I'll keep your testimonies. I am up before dawn crying for help. I put my hope in your word. Guys, you might notice my eyes are red, right? <laughs> I think I got like, what, two to three hours of sleep last night. I don't know, but I was up early. I don't know. I can't tell you the last time I really had a good sleep recently. My eyes are up before every night watch as I meditate on your word. Hear my voice with your loving kindness. Revive me, I deny with your judgments. Pursuers of wicked schemes draw near. They are far from your Torah, your law. You are near, Adonai. And all your mitzvot are truth. Look what he's saying. Guys, it doesn't matter how much you obey his commandments. Say you obey and love his Torah and teach it. This is, if we're not, this is not our hearts. If we're not here, like delighting in his ways. Long ago, I learned from your testimonies that you founded them firmly forever. See my affliction and rescue me, for I do not forget your Torah. Defend my cause and redeem me. Restore my life through your word. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek after your decrees. Great are your mercies, Adonai. Restore my life with your judgments. Many are my persecutors and foes, yet I do not turn from your testimonies. Look, let's move on. Isaiah, or let's go to Psalm 19, 165. Look what he says. Great peace have they who love your Torah, your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. But we know Isaiah 48, 22 says, there is no peace for the wicked and sinful. He even says it right there in Psalm 119. Guys, if people come combative over the commandments, <laughs> Yet if there's no anguish, then where is the delight? Anguish will always come from delighting in his word and following him, yet also joy. And great peace will you have, and nothing will cause you to stumble. You won't fall into sin, guys. But don't be prideful and think that you stand lest you fall. We have to be careful, because if we start thinking, I can never fall, he's going to let you fall. He's going to let you choose. It would be like the devil roaming around like with Job. Hey, you see this man over here? <laughs> be careful. Isaiah 49, 13 through 16. He says, sing for joy. 
O heavens, and exalt, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. Look, his afflicted. And many will go through afflictions. Many will go through hardships. Look what he's saying. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Look what he says. Can a woman forget her nursing child? What are, we, what are we nursing off the milk when we grow up into the milk or eat the meat? That she should have no compassion on, her, on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will never forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hand and your walls are continually before me. So even when you feel like you're, you're rejected, you're, through the afflictions that's going on in life, he has not forgotten you and he won't. He will not. He will not, unless, guys, you keep living in sin, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna feel the fear, you're going to feel worry, you're going to feel doubt, you're going to feel shame, you're going to feel guilt. You're going to feel many things come upon you, and you're going to realize, I'm not in anguish anymore. I don't have joy anymore. I'm trying to substitute it by things in the world, but it never give you peace. Psalm 34, 17 through 20, the face of Adonai is against evildoers. <coughs> Ooh. Dry air, man. Face of Adonai is against evildoers to cut off the memory of them from the earth. The righteous cry out and Adonai hears and delivers them from all their troubles. Adonai is close to the brokenhearted and save those crushed in spirit. Many are the distresses and the afflictions of the righteous. Look what he says. So if these are the, look what he says. But Adonai delivers him out of them all. Many distresses, which are afflictions, will be of the righteous. We'll all go through it. But he says, I'll deliver them out of them all. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. We can handle. God will not give us more than we can handle. There's always, he always provides a way out. He will every single time. We have to stand firm and entrust in his word and keep delighting in it. Remain humble. Remain at rest. Remain at peace. Affliction. In Hebrew, it means a state of pain. It's grief or distress. It's pain of the body or mind. Sickness, losses, calamity, adversity, and it's persecution. That's affliction. In Psalm 119.71, he says, It is good for me that I was afflicted so that I may learn your decrees. It was good. James 1.12, Happy and blessed is the one who endures testing. Because he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord promised to those who love him. Remember, Asah was a man in 2 Chronicles 16 who walked righteously with God. But towards the end of his reign and age, he fell away. He trusted in King Aram rather than God. When a seer came to him and told him his wrongs, in verse 7, or verse 9, look what he says. For the eyes of Adonai range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are wholly his. You have acted foolishly in this matter. Indeed, from now on, you will have wars. Asah became angry. And had him put in the prison. Near the end of his, he received a disease and did not seek God, but still trusted physician, and then he died. 
And this is the thing. It's not that you see a physician. It's the fact that you are, you become angry. And what happens when you're angry at the true word? It causes hardness. And hardness will bring coldness. And it will cause you not to seek God or take delight and pleasure in his word any longer. This is what we have to be careful of. <laughs> Where was I going? Hmm. One second. <laughs> you see, Pharaoh, God said in Deuteronomy, he allowed him to harden his heart. He was testing him. The moment he went to his pleasures, when things let up, guys, pay attention to this. The moment he allowed things to let up, God let, remove, let things ease up, then Pharaoh hardened his heart. The time you start letting things ease up, it's, it's a danger zone. Makes sense. We have to be careful. When we start easing up, like delighting in the things of the world, we start going to the entertainment, sports, chasing after new pursuits of gain. Something else, guys, and we start falling away from his word. Guys, Faith, if you truly delight in his word, you'll overcome all things, whether loss of a loved one, losing a loved one, affliction, sickness, chronic illness. These are the things that God will help you draw through. Take it as, as grace because he's allowing these things to change you, purify you, shape you, and mold you to his image. Gold and silver can't be pure if it's not been tested in the fire. The spots and blemishes, those impurities must be brought out. So you're gonna go through the fire, you're gonna be tested. This, we gotta keep moving on. Don't mock and scoff after those the things that cause us to be more holy. Don't be like a saw. Be like a saw when he first obeyed God, but be careful lest you stand, you don't fall. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 17. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though our outward man is decaying, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. For our trouble, light and momentary, is producing for us an eternal way to glory far beyond all comparison. Leviticus 23, 27. Also on the 10th day of the seventh month, there shall be a day of atonement. Look at here. It shall be a holy convocation unto you, and you shall afflict your souls. Wait a second, here we go. And an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Now, everybody tells you, they've, even in the messianic world, they tell you you need to fast on this day. Where does it say that? The rabbinical rabbis tell you you need to fast. Affliction, affliction of your soul means self, your life, your seed of appetite, your cravings of this life. Pay attention. It's your cravings of this life, your mind, your living being, your desire, your emotions, your passions, activity of your will. It's your will, your character, and your heart and mind. So in Leviticus, when he says on the Day of Atonement to afflict yourself, what do you think he's doing? And we're keeping the Day of Atonement, and, and, and we don't even know what it means. 
Yom Kippur. And in the Christian sector, we're having a national day of prayer. He's given you one a whole month. His appointed days. We say, we don't want that. That's for the Jews. Okay, what are you supposed to be? Grafted in or are you separated? We are one with Israel. We are not, it's not two houses, guys. It's one. And for all these people boasting about, okay, guys, I'm going to be fasting today. Wow, you're really going to receive your reward. <clears throat> what did he say? Yeshua said, when you fast, wash your face, don't let it be known. It's not for everybody to know. It's for you. doesn't matter how long you're fasting. Afflict your soul is a self, life, seed of appetite, your mind. It's your living being, your desire, your emotions, passions, activity of will, character, and heart and mind. That's why it says Leviticus 23, 27, to afflict your souls. And offer an offering made by fire. What do you think our, our aroma should be? Our sacrifice, be a pleasing aroma to God. We should go through the fire, of a, the, the fire by afflictions. You're going to have testing no matter what. But guess what? You'll have a stronger faith and you'll have a greater joy. You can overcome it. What do you think the three men didn't do in the, Daniel? They didn't, or was it, yeah, Daniel. They didn't bow down to the idol. They didn't bow down to Nebuchadnezzar. They stood. They went through the fire. And they're protected. What do you think he's saying? Don't bow down to the idols. Don't follow what the world is following. Be set apart. James 4, 9 through 11. He says, be wretched, mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks evil against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. Guys, stop judging. <laughs> you might tell somebody of their sin, but he says, warn them once or twice and after I have nothing to do with them. Keep your peace. That's why he says, go to one city. If they accept you, what do you think that means? Eat and drink what they give you. You would go into their house and they would eat and drink. They would take care of them while they taught the people. But if they don't, brush the dust off your feet. He's already saying they're ashes. Sodom and Gomorrah. He said it would be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than for them on the day of his coming. <clears throat> Leviticus 19, 17 through 18. Look what he says. You are not to hate your brother in your heart. You are not to hate your brother in your heart. Instead, you are to firmly rebuke your neighbor <laughs> and not bear sin because of him. You are not to take vengeance, don't take vengeance, or bear any grudge against the children of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am Adonai. And what's the two most important commandments? Love God and love your neighbor. His Torah helps direct us. His law helps direct us in the way of righteousness. But we walk in the Spirit. We're not under law, but under grace. But the law is put within your heart and your mind. It will humble you. Cause you to love, cause you to uh, power to forgive. You see, the faith that we're teaching today, that many believe is faith, is based on emotions and feelings. Have an emotional feeling. 
We have it in the music. We have it in the sermons. It's dedicated to you. Based on sermons where they sent people door to door to figure out what they want and what they don't like. Based on social media, what hashtags is trending, what people want and don't like. What is popular was not as popular. So what they're doing is cater to you. Whatever situation you're going through. So the moment these things come and the testing comes, we don't have the word to trust in. So we start falling away. What do you think the faith is? It endures all things, overcomes all things, brings us through everything, keeps the hope for eternity. Isaiah 58, 2 through 10. We're getting close, guys. They say that they seek me day to day and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that did right and did not forsake and had not forsaken their God's decree. They asked me for righteous judgments. They delight in the nearness of God. Why have we fasted, yet we do not see? Why have we afflicted our souls, yet you do not take notice? Guys, why? Yom Kippur, what are we doing? Throughout our life, what are we doing? We're afflicting our souls, but we are not noticing. We fasted, but do not see. I'm not saying all of us, guys. I'm just saying in general. Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure. Yikes. You exploit all your labors. Guys, and I'm, I'm going to talk, and I don't say anybody here is a business owner. I don't know. But those in the business owners, I'm going to say to even those watching, they probably won't even endure this. Maybe they will. <laughs> this is the thing. Why are we making so much money, but we can't pay our workers? <laughs> well, we give people the holy days off, great. <laughs> what do you think is going on? We exploit our labors. Behold, you fast for strife. Even the churches are doing it. Behold, you fast for strife and contention, and you strike with a wicked fist. You should not fast as you do today to make your voice heard on high. Is this the fast I've chosen? What is everybody doing? Making their voices heard. I'm fasting. A day for one to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and spread out in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this day a fast and a day acceptable to Adonai? Is not the fast that I chose to release the bonds of the wickedness, to untie the cords of the yoke and let the oppressed go free, and to tear off every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the homeless poor into your house? Feed them the true word, guys. Not only that, but help them physically. When you see the naked to cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh and blood, then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will spring up speedily. Your righteousness will go before you and your glory of Adonai as your rear guard. Then you'll call. And not and I will answer you, will cry, and he will say, here I am. If you get rid of your yoke among you, finger pointing and bad mouthing. Guys, look what he's saying. If you give yourself to the hungry and satisfy the desire of afflicted, then your light will arise in the darkness and your gloom will be like midday. He will guide you continuously, your soul, even in drought. He will be there. Look what he's saying, 2 Timothy 4, 14 through 18. 
<laughs> Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Be on guard against him too. I know I'm going a different direction here. For he vehemently opposed the mess, our message at first. At our, my first offense, no one stood by me. Instead, they all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me. Look what he's saying. So that through, oh, so that through me, the message might be proclaimed in full measure. Look at that. And all the nations might hear, and I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and will deliver me safely into his heavenly kingdom. Look at that. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Micah 6, 8. He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness and walk humbly with your God? Hosea 6, 6. For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. But what is knowledge? It's discernment. It's understanding. And it's wisdom. But with all those things, will humble us. The discernment of God is knowing what is right and what is almost right, not what is right and wrong. It's being able to discern what is almost right. It's understanding, and understanding is the wisdom applied. It's the word applied. And the wisdom of God will humble you and cause you to seek his word more. But the problem with wisdom will cause even more grief, more pain, <laughs> because you're going to see more of what's going on in the world. But as a result, you're also going to have more joy. <laughs> joy, it comes from the Spirit. <clears throat> Proverbs 3, 21 through 25. My son, hold on to sound wisdom and discernment. Do not let them out of your sight. There will be life to your soul. And in ornament to your grace, to grace your neck, then you'll walk around on your way in safety and your foot will not stumble. Look what he's saying. You will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden terror or the devastation of the wicked when it comes. But also don't, don't think that, well, God, God is waking me up. Yes, he did that to uh, Samuel. He woke him up. Even when he was in the temple, Samuel. He went, he went to Eli three times. You, yes, yes, master. He's like, I didn't speak. Then the third time he realized, oh, go see what God is saying. He went back to the temple and heard the word. He said, Eli, he said, told, uh, Samuel told Eli, what did he say? Don't lie to me. And he told him his kingdom would be cut off. Why? Because Eli was allowing his sons to sleep with the women and take the offerings and consume it for themselves. Yikes. Eli knew what was going on. He didn't put a stop to it. That's why you don't be afraid to take the rod to your child. I'm not saying beat them to blood. I'm not saying beat your kid. But what's one spanking going to do to correct them? If you have to beat them more than three times, that's out of anger. You don't abuse your kids. But the world today is saying don't spank your kids. You spare the rod and your kid's going to go off into lawlessness. I'm, I'm telling you, 100% of the time, it will. I think everybody's running around wicked today. 
There's no respect. Anyways, guys, but should that be awarding what Eli did? His sons, not only sleeping with the women, they're over here consuming the, the sacrifices. What do you think that means? We're consuming things for our own pleasure, not for God's. And it can happen to any pastor too. Matthew 9, 13. Now go and learn what this means. Mercy, which is compassion, I desire, and not sacrifice. For I didn't come to call the righteous, but the sinful. Mercy means kindness or goodwill towards the miserable. And the afflicted. Look at this. Guys, when I was through chronic illness, how many people have even come to me? And I have mercy on them. But they're going to other people too and doing the same thing. God doesn't love you. He wants you healed. So you know the mind of God? This is what Pentecostalism does. Destroys you because everybody thinks he wants you healed all the time. Maybe he wants you to be afflicted. And maybe he's keeping you humble. Even Paul knew that. David knew that. There's things that you're going to go through. Look what he says. Have mercy on them. Mercy, compassion, I desire. Look what it means. Mercy. Kindness or goodwill towards the miserable, those that suffering. And afflicted. Join with the desire to help them. You see that? Remember, God was merciful by sending his son for salvation. Shouldn't we offer the same for all? Romans 5, 1 through 11. We're almost done here. Therefore, have, having been made righteous by trusting, we have shalom with God through our Lord, Yeshua the Messiah. Through him, we also have gained access by faith into, his, into this grace in which we stand and boast in, in, in hope of God's glory. And not only that, but we also boast in suffering, knowing that the suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance, character. The character of God, right? Character, hope. When you start becoming like his character, you will start to have hope. And hope does not disappoint, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Rock HaKodesh, who was given to us. That's why it's groaning all the time. Look what he says, verse 6. For while we were still helpless, the right time Messiah died for the ungodly. For rarely will anyone die for the righteous man, though perhaps for a good man someone might even dare to die. But God demonstrates his love towards us, and while we were yet sinners. Look at Messiah died for us. How much more than having now been set right by his blood shall we be saved by God's wrath through him? For if, if while we were yet enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved by this life? And not only that, but we also boast in God through our Lord Yeshua the Messiah through whom we have now received reconciliation. He's bringing us back to him because of his love. And that's the love we should have for all of us, everyone, all of our brothers and sisters, to bring them into the gates close with God through his spirit with love and humility. Never take rebuke as, 
as someone being angry with you guys, you need to know that there's some things that are said. You got to test. Maybe I'm not right. Maybe I need to draw back to God's grace and come to his truth. Maybe I need to learn to rest a little bit more. Maybe I need to trust in him a little bit more. Maybe we need to have love for each other more. Instead of bad-mouthing and finger-pointing all the time, we need to love, care for one another. The way that God did for us, look at that, he still died for us while we were yes sinners. How many would do that today for anybody? What about those that even betrayed you? Yeah, he still died for the man even on the cross that kept mocking and scoffing. All you had to do is receive it. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 29. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. It's going back all the way to Isaiah. Jeremiah, you got to remove the yoke. Rest. Psalm 62, 2 through 3. My soul wait in stillness. Only for God from, from him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I will never be moved. Hebrews 9.28 says how we will bring salvation at his return for those eagerly waiting for him, how he will bring salvation to all eagerly waiting for him. Eagerly means with great care and perseverance, with patience. Great perseverance with patience and care. Guys, care for his word, what he's given you. Care for the spirit. Take care of it. Hold on to it. Don't lose it. Have the perseverance with patience, guys. What do you think? I'm going back to the beginning. How many are saying, I feel like God is leading me to rest with him? He is. Guys, what he's doing now, the time is here where people are not enduring sound doctrine. They're going all over the place. He said it would be here. Guys, if you are in this place where you can endure it, God is going to speak to you, and he's going to lead you exactly where he wants you to go. Abraham's promise, he remained in tents and under trees, never seeing the result, but trusted in God. He's seen the stars. He said, if you can count them, so will be your descendants. There is, back then, you would have seen even more. There's no lights. Oh, he had his campfires sometimes, Right? You had some lights from fires, but nevertheless, you've seen a lot. You would have seen a lot. He remained in tents, leaving the solitude and the comfort of his big mansion. I think they said, what, 13 homes? Somewhere around there. Or 13 rooms, maybe more. That's a mansion, even today. And he dwelled in tents. Never being comforted, steadfast in one place. He's saying, where God leads them, that's where I'm going. But you know what's beautiful about Abraham? And I'm going to say this right now, lots. They both had many riches, but they're starting to fight and clash, argue with each other. But look what he said, Abraham's heart. So that we don't cause strife and contention against each other, let's go our separate ways, but so that we don't hate each other. Here. Take what you have and go. And guess what? As a result, Abraham rescued him from the enemies when he was taken. 
That's the heart we got to have for all of us. When the enemies come and take them, you're ready to go rescue them no matter what. Keeping a heart of forgiveness. You see that? There was no jealousy. There was no strife. He had a heart because he knew the promises God said. Your seed will be abundant. He'll never lose that promise. You'll never lose that promise. He's given a promise to you, and we got to remain steadfast in that and trust in him no matter what. We're never going to see the results of things that we have done on this life or on earth. But what we can do is keep looking to the kingdom. If we've seen the things that we did on this life, we may become like David and tempted to make a census. I've saved this many people. I've reached this many souls. I've reached this many lives. I've done this much for his kingdom. Some of us can do a lot. Some of us can do very little. But what does it matter if you have 20 talents, but you only utilize 10? What about the one that had two to utilize two of them? Who do you think will receive the greater reward because they followed through and obeyed the one that received less, but used both of his talents for God's kingdom and his glory? We have to be diligent in seeking his face, saying, God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Where do I need to go in this life? Do you want me to rest under trees of Aram like Abraham? There's a reason he loved the trees. He wasn't building a bigger house, trying to gain more. He simply obeyed God and rested. He rested in his word. He said, God, I know you have a better promise for me. But my promise, I know, he told, God told him, you will die but your descendants will be slaves in Egypt for 400 years because of their disobedience. Imagine him telling them that. Even trusting to the point of willing to sacrifice his son, his son that he loved, knowing that God gave him a promise through that seed would become many descendants. What do you think he knew? He knew he believed in a resurrection. He believed in eternal life. That if he died right there, he'd be resurrected. We have to know that we will be resurrected no matter what we're going through or what we lose. These afflictions and these things in life that's coming upon us is momentary. It's just a second compared to eternity. Blink of an eye. Why hold on to our lives, guys? Why? I have suffered many years many I love my wife and children yes but I'm here to tell you I'm not afraid to be taken out of this life I hear pastors all the time and I know I pray for them because they're weak there's weakness and we all have somewhere somewhere something somewhere so many are afraid to lose we gotta fight in this life, no matter where, it's our flesh or for his kingdom. We have to persevere. We have to hope. We have to keep looking up. We got to not be focused on our afflictions. It's okay to take care of your body, guys, but these, this body will perish. It's perishing now. We're dying by the second. Every second we're dying. We're getting older. We're getting closer to eternity. Whether we know it or not, we're living for eternity right now. 
But are we looking? Are we having eternal eyes? Is eternity stamped on our eyes? Are we looking to the kingdom? We're looking like Abraham out for the better promise to come. Yeshua's kingdom is not by things that, is, that can be by signs and wonders. It's by, it's within. He says it's in your midst. It's within us right now. We have to choose where we're going to live for that or not. Guys, don't worry about things coming. Don't worry. It's going to get bad. But can you go to the trees of Aram and live in a tent and be content? Guys, I'm not telling you to go live in a tent. But whatever God has for your life, go. Be at rest. Do not be worried. Do not waver. Do not be afraid. There's nothing to fear about what's to come. Because he has saved us. Suffering. Suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance character and character hope. Let's go to prayer. God, we come before you. We pray that everyone here continues to endure, that you will not lose one of your sheep, that they'll continue to follow your voice, that they'll endure until the end, from now until eternity. That's God, you'll give them strength. That you'll give them rest. You'll give them peace of their soul. No matter in their afflictions, no matter what's coming upon this earth through the trials and tribulations, no matter where you lead them, that God, you'll help them to stay unity through your spirit, unity with each other. That God, that they'll, they'll love you and cherish you and, and also forgive and love one another. I pray for everybody that has weak, that's weak in these, these areas, that you'll give them strength. You'll give them the perseverance that they need, the hope that they need, that you'll shape them and mold them. As you say, you are the potter, we are the clay. Don't let us become hardened. Shape us and mold us into your character this so that we may be like your image and see you for who you truly are when you appear. None of us have arrived, but we pray that you continue to sanctify us. So when that time comes, we'll be like you in a twinkling of an eye. I pray that you bless each one of these, that you keep them, that you shine your face upon them, give them, be gracious to them merciful and give them your peace. Yeshua's name. Amen. Guys, I'll say this. Um, you have to know that place. And, you know, a lot of people are wondering, what do I do? What do I do? That's a good question. We can all ask that throughout all of our lives. All of us will, even I. We can be confused. And it's normal. But God is trying to lead you somewhere else. He's trying to lead you to something. But what you have to do, guys, I'm telling you, you have to know no matter what comes upon this earth, you have to know that secret place. As if to enter the garden. As if to enter the, the wilderness. As you know that place is solitude and rest. Some of you that have been afflicted, chronically ill, you know that place when you're helpless. I'm telling you, I know. It's a blessing to be afflicted. But when you're going through that, you have to know that. You have to know that place with him. When the times get hard, you have to go to that place of solitude and rest. There's nothing in this world that's going to bring it to you. 
We have to trust in him with our heart, soul, and mind and not lean on our own understanding, but trust in him in all things and he will direct our paths. If we do that, we'll have rest from now into eternity. Guys, do not worry. Love you all. God bless you.